Now Allah comes to the real subject matter. You know, people who follow certain traditions, most of the time it's not because they're in love with their tradition. It's in, they're in love with something haram. That's what the bottom line is. People can't let go of haram things. Things that are, that are, that are forbidden are attractive. And in most of our traditions, there are no problems except when those traditions contradict the teachings of our deen. When you end up in riba or, or khamar or in like in impermissible sources of income or you cross the line. And then you, you can't come out and say, well, I want to cross the line because it's my temptations, my desires and I'm, in, you know, I'm not that interested in the halal. You just put a nicer label on it. No, this is our tradition. That's the safer label. Makes you seem like a more decent person. It's not your tradition. It's not your tradition. You're, you're just masking your love of haram. That's all it is. So Allah calls a spade a spade. He calls it out like it is. The next ayah is basically the underlying problem. Allah Azza wa Jalla says, "Ya ayyuhaladina amanu kulu bin tayyibati marazaknakum." Those of you who have iman, consume from the good and pure things out of what we've provided you, what we've provisioned you. Washkuru lillahi and be grateful to Allah. If you were grateful to Allah for the halal things, your eyes wouldn't turn to the haram things. You wouldn't be tempted to begin with. Allah mentions gratitude here for a very particular reason. People who go to the haram after leaving the halal, they go because they say the halal is not enough for me. It's not enough, I need more. I'm not satisfied. I need to quench my thirst more. And Allah is teaching us the reason, the very fact that you're saying you need more is because you haven't learned to be grateful. The halal is something you should be grateful for for two reasons. One, the halal has blessings in it. You don't just eat the food, you get rewards at the same time. <laughs> it, it doesn't just have goodness that it's good and pure by Allah's standards, it increases goodness inside you. And the haram is like a poison if you, even if you don't see it. When you eat haram, when you earn haram, you may not see the effects of it right away. It's not like lead poisoning in the paint. But when you buy a house with haram money, the fights that will happen in that house, the divorce that will be coming, the children that will be abandoning you, the depression that's going to happen in the house, the yelling and screaming that will happen, it's all a byproduct of the haram money that was put in. Look at them, I mean it's a scary thing, look at the masajid across the country, and there's a lot of masajid, alhamdulillah, being built, sometimes with questionable income. It's sad to say. You know why, I, I told you already, right? People that go into haram businesses have a guilty conscience, so what do they do? They donate a little extra to the masjid in Ramadan, especially in Ramadan. The guy who owns like six liquor stores, and lotto machines comes and gives a, drops a $50,000 check and everybody screams takbir. And then they wonder the next year, why is the masjid having a lawsuit? Where did all this la'na come from? Where did that filth come from? You know, Be grateful to Allah. And this is not going to be possible for you except if in kuntum iyahu ta'budun. If in fact, it is only He that you have remained enslaved to. This concept of ta'budun, when it's so unfair to translate it as if you worshipped him. It's so unfair. Man. This is why Allah chose the Arabic language to deliver this Qur'an. You know the word ta'buduna, the mudari' form, the present tense form, either comes from abada or abuda, both. Most people know abada. Abada he worshipped. Abuda he became enslaved. Yani asbaha abidan. Abuda. When Allah says, in kuntum iyahu ta'budun, He's saying, if it is only He that you have been worshipping, at the same time He's saying, if it is only He that you have been enslaved to. If you've accepted the fact that you're slaves. And if you, and by saying that, what Allah is implying is, right now it seems because you're not grateful, and because you're interested in haram, you may be worshipping me, 
but you're still enslaved to money. You're still enslaved to your, some desire, some temptation. You're slaves to something else. It's very possible for a Muslim to worship Allah and not be a slave. <laughs> it's a scary concept, but it happens all the time. How many people we know, they're diligent in their worship. But you don't see them acting as slaves of Allah when it comes time to deliver inheritance. Or, you know, the way they spend their money, what they spend their money on, how they earn their money. You know, the stuff they do in their private time, is, they're not enslaved to Allah. They're just worshipping Him. That's the Christian concept. Worship Him and do what you want. That's not the Muslim concept. We've submitted ourselves to Allah. That's why, you know, I, I don't knock on English translations of the Qur'an, but I do say there's a need for refinement. There is a need for serious refinement. Because there's some deep stuff here that just gets overlooked. It, just get, you get passed, it gets passed over, and someone might think, well, I'm worshipping Allah, so it's good enough. I'm, I'm good to go. No, no, no. Allah is asking for more. إِن كُنْتُمْ إِيَّاهُ تَعْبُدُونَ